Campus Connect Radio is an expression of the International Christian Student Group at Ben Gurion University. Hello everyone, this is Emeka. And I'm Anthony. And you're listening to Campus Connect Radio. We are a community of Christian students from Ben Gurion University, and we understand it can be difficult for international students sometimes being far from home and your Christian community. So with this radio, we aim to encourage each other with good music, Bible study, and uh, life stories from guys from our community. And just stay tuned. I'm sure you would enjoy it. So we're starting today with a song. It's called Everlasting God. And we're singing it live for you here in the studio. So... um, so actually, we have a couple of guests with us today as well. We have uh, Irene. Hi. And Samuel. Hello. And we're going to be uh, all singing together here. So this song is called Everlasting God. As we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the everlasting God. Everlasting God, you do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak, you comfort those in need, you lift us up. As we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the everlasting God. Thank you. 
Wow, that's awesome. Such a beautiful experience singing together. And so it's a really amazing message also. An everlasting God does not faint, doesn't grow weary. Hope that encourages you out there. So next we move on to an interview with brother Anthony and Irene. Um, good to have you here with us. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Amazing, amazing. It's great to be here. So now can you introduce yourself? So who is Anthony and Irene? Um, so we are originally from the United States, actually from the state of Rhode Island. Mm. The smallest state in, Rhode, in America. <laughs> most yeah. people don't leave. Yeah, most people who live in Rhode Island have uh, not traveled too far from there, but we, we grew up there, and, um, and then uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to study here at Ben Gurion University, and we, mm. we moved a long ways from home, and now we're here. Wow. And I, I think you can... Ass- we didn't say this yet, but Irene's my wife, so, you know, yeah. just to make that clear. Cool. So how long have you been in Ben-Gurion or in Israel? Well, uh, we actually started when I did my master's degree, which began actually 12, 13 years ago. And then uh, wow. we took a little time off in between the master's, but then I got a scholarship to do a PhD here at Ben-Gurion hmm. in Hebrew Bible. So we returned. Interesting. Hebrew Bible. So, like, I'm sure you know, like, you have the Bible encyclopedia in your head, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that, that, uh, that way, but I love to read it, yeah. So why, why biblical studies? What inspired you to go in that direction? So for me, biblical studies was just natural because I grew up reading the Bible, and uh, even when I was only probably 10 years old, I'd already read the entire Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, (laughs) and uh, just really loved it. So it just was a natural choice for me. He's an encyclopedia, like I said. Yeah, an inspiration. (laughs) Wow, wow. So for 12 years, you've been in, or 12, 13 years, you've been in Israel. So what are the major highlights of living in Israel, and how has it affected your faith? Well... You know, I love about Israel that it's like one big family. Mm. You know, it's like everybody knows each other and has friends and everyone kind of looks out for each other. Cool. I love that about Israel. Yeah, Yeah, you feel Mm. really safe bringing your kids to the park and, you know, there's not not any kind of, uh, you just feel, there's a safety you feel here, yeah. The food is good. The food is great. I (laughs) agree. (laughs) So any best food? Oh, all the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, tomatoes we, taste like tomatoes. We go back to America and we don't even know what the food is there. Oh, man. <laughs> There's okay. good food in America, too. But here, the, the fruit and vegetables are, are really fresh and they just it taste is. good. Yeah, and true, it's, it's really true, amazing. True, true. Wow. So how, how has this living here, how has it affected your faith? Has there been any dynamics to your faith, like moving from home, leaving home and coming to Israel? In my experience, things are always bigger than you can handle if you're walking by faith. So when you're moving, when you're moving ahead and you, you have this kind of faith in God, a lot of times you are asked to do things that you're not sure that you can do, you know? And so Mm. living, moving to another country, living there, having kids there, um, doing all, all these kind of things, um, and and studying. I I mean, uh, one thing that the PhD students often struggle with is this kind of feeling of, I'm an imposter, you know, if they, if they really knew that I, that I'm really not good enough to do this, they would kick me out or All something, right. you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's a common feeling amongst PhD students. And definitely, you know, you, you have to have, the, 
for me anyway, I, I believe uh, that my faith has helped me through some of those hard moments mm. where you're like, what am mm. I, I don't have the skill to do this. I don't, wow. How am I, mm. how am I doing this here? You know, mm. that's, that's interesting. And you mentioned something about having kids. So do you have kids? How many kids do you have? And what is that like? What's we do. We have five kids. Wow. Yeah. They range from age three to age 12. We have four mm. boys and a girl. Ooh, that's so sweet. A girl is going to be feel much protected, <laughs> surrounded by <laughs> strong armed men. I, so. I mean, she's pretty tough. She's so, tough, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, they were all born right across the street here, right, right across oh, the street okay. from the, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that's nice. And how did they school at the, how did they school? Did they, did they have to learn the Hebrew language schooling in? Yeah, you know, we sent our oldest, we sent him to preschool here. And okay. he learned Hebrew there. Oh, nice. And then the one after him kind of learned it from him. And I mean, every time we're out of the house, we speak in Hebrew with them. Their Hebrew isn't the best. We homeschool them. We teach them in English because like, we've never known how long we'd be here. Like we thought we were going back to America and we did after his master's. So when our kids started to be school age, we said, well, you know, we're going to live in America. They're going to speak mm. English. So I'll just teach them in English. Wow. And then, I mean, it's just worked so well for them, really, that we've just continued, even though we've been here forever. Mm. That's amazing. Homeschooling is powerful. It's like, I think that's, that's a job on its own. But it's a good thing. Good thing hearing from you. And so, guys, you've met with Irene and Anthony. There's a lot of beautiful stories we'd have loved to dive into. But based on our time, probably we'll get to continue later on. But thanks. Thanks for sharing with us and your experience. So now, guys, we would move on to our Bible discussion. And I would hand over to my brother, Anthony, to continue with that. Yeah. So as you guys know, we are uh, continuing our study in the study of the book of Acts, the book in the New Testament that explains how faith in Jesus, or his name is Yeshua in Hebrew, how it grew from a small group of Jewish believers in Jerusalem to a worldwide movement. And so, um, so right now, we, we, we finished last week with the first part of Acts 1. We're going to go ahead and now into the second part of Acts 1. And Irene, if you don't mind um, reading that passage for us, we'd love to jump right into it. I'd love to. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So if you don't, just hold on there for one second. So, so if we look at this passage, what we're seeing is these guys, after Jesus went up to the sky, he ascended to heaven. They came back and they kept praying together. And, and you can see that there was men and women together, which is a very unique thing. At that time in Judaism, there were not a lot of men and women praying together also today. So, so you know, here you see these guys, this kind of everybody praying together and, and just waiting as Jesus asked them to wait. Let's move on. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With a payment Judas received for his wickedness, he bought a field, and there he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Hmm. 
Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, Peter said, it's written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Okay, so so Peter stands up in this group of believers as they're sitting there together, and he says, hey, you know, there were 12 of us that Jesus chose to be his, his closer disciples, the guys who were close with him, and they just were with him all the time. But one of, one of us is missing. Why? Because he betrayed us all. He betrayed mm. Jesus and he betrayed us. So he's trying to comfort everyone through this experience because it didn't happen that long ago. Mm. And then he, he says we need to find someone else as a replacement for him, someone who was with us from the very beginning all the way to the time when Jesus ascended. And why? For one purpose. What was that purpose? To be a witness, to be a witness, yeah. to be a witness of the resurrection. So at this point, um, they tell this story about Judas, and it's it's a crazy story. I mean, here he is, this guy who betrayed Jesus, and we know from reading in another gospel that that he felt bad about what he had done. Mm-hmm. He took the money, he threw it back, back in the, the temple, yeah. and then the guy, the, the priests in the temple, they took that money and they bought the field, and Ju- but Judas hung himself in that field, and then it says here that he fell headlong. He committed suicide because he felt so bad about betraying Jesus. Mm. You know, it's an an incredibly intense story. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But let's finish what we're reading here. So uh, so as as they're looking for someone to take Judas's place, because he just gave up hope and completely, completely ended his own story. So what what happens next? So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. So, you know, casting lots in that time was considered an acceptable way of discerning God's will, right? So they, even, in the, even in the Hebrew Bible... They would cast lots. They would say, "Okay, Lord, provide for us uh, what a decision here. We need yeah. to know what to do." Yeah, so they yeah. would kind of draw straws, or, or you know, look at different sides of stones, kind of a thing, mm-hmm. kind of like flipping a coin. And uh, you know, that's not really what we do so much today. We try to weigh things out a little better mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. But we'll not get to yet. the Holy Spirit in the next episode. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, one thing I just want to point out really, really clearly is that they're asking this person to be a witness of the resurrection, resurrection. the resurrection, a witness of the resurrection. I was reading this story and I was thinking about Judas and Judas, if he could have just waited for two more days, (laughs) he would have fit that description. He would have, he would have fit the description and he would have seen the resurrection though, you know? And so he thought that he, he couldn't wait two more days. He, get, was, he despaired completely of life itself. Mm, now we, yeah. So we know that he, he uh, was under attack in his mind and in his spirit. And we know that he, um, you know, he felt really horrible about what he had done. Yeah. 
And it was kind of a, a, a big mistake. I mean, you could like he betrayed all of his closest friends and he got his his beloved teacher killed. That's a pretty big mistake. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about this in relation to like PhD students and research students. So it's it's a known fact that <clears throat> that research students face a lot of pressure. And uh, let me just grab my notes here. And so, so research students, they, they, we know that they just face all kinds of different types of, of pressures. And, and there are different percentages of people who, who are overly depressed. I mean, have you guys struggled with anything like that? Yeah. Actually, there have been ups and downs that I really don't even have all the time to describe at this point. But for example, as a research student, you have to write research papers. And one of the things that has actually given me such a depressing feeling is receiving a response from the reviewer saying, sorry, your paper is not worthy enough to be published in this journal. Mm. Worthy enough. That's a strong word, yeah. You just, you just lose your strength for the day. Mm. You come back the following day, you reread that email, and you're just down. Yeah. Mm. How do you manage such times? Yeah. Right. It's been a struggle for me. Yeah, so, so this, I, I found my paper here. Sorry about that delay. But in, uh, they, they did a 2015 study in the University of California, in one of the, one of the universities in California, and they found that 47% of graduate students suffer from depression. Mm. Following a 2005 study that showed 10% of them had contemplated suicide. Mm. And um, many mm. studies show that PhD students are at a heightened risk of developing mental health problems. And, and they're, you know, some, sometimes you can mm. just have this kind of uh, sense of overwork and people are working 50 or 60 hours a week. And it, it can be very intense because, you know, there's this uh, kind of stress and anxiety and and a PhD is different than a normal job because you're stuck there. You really, you really can't leave. Like you want to go in this field. You can't just go to some other place. Yeah. You know, this is your advisor and you, you got to work with them. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things that can happen. I mean, I, I personally have a great relationship with my advisor. I'm really thankful for that. And that has made my, my progress really enjoyable. But, but the truth is that any good research requires failure out along the way. That's I true. agree. That's I true. agree with yeah. that. Absolutely. So how do we deal with how the do different we handle failure? Yeah, how, how do we deal with that? Yeah. And so I'm looking at the story of Judas and I'm thinking, okay, look, you know, like this guy, if if he could have just waited a couple more days, the the skies would have cleared and and things would have been different, I think, right. for him. Yeah. And you know, he 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 committed a sin against Jesus. That's a very bad thing that he did, right? But I think that he could have received forgiveness from from yeah. him as well. Yes. We see another reflection of Peter, for instance, right? So Peter himself actually, he betrayed Jesus in a sense where he denied him. But this is one person who acknowledged his wrongs and he was willing to repent of that. You get like, and he, he was, he, he did something which was, it was a bad thing to do, but he was able to still reconnect back to family, Mm. to the community and also to ask for, for, for forgiveness and all of that. So we see that we see like two sides to this. Like Peter himself now is an instrument that, was able to see Christ's resurrection, 
But the other side, we see Judas, who just killed himself based on that disappointment, regret that he had betrayed someone so dear to him. I really like the example of Peter you brought up right now because they were both like students of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And they both had that kind of situation of failure. Failure, yeah. And we see how one turned out, the other that just took it upon himself and didn't feel he deserved forgiveness. And the other one went back to the Lord and actually received forgiveness and God gave him the grace to do so much more afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So for me personally, the resurrection, if I think about the resurrection of Jesus, it gives me this sense of ultimate hope and meaning, you know, because the, the resurrection means that, that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And one of his promises was that he would also um, raise us up from the dead. Right. And so this, this, this kind of, it's, it's, it's my life is much greater and my meaning, the meaning of my life is much greater than what happens in this week of my life, you know, so true. and, and based on what my accomplishments are or something like that. And so, so this kind of ultimate meaning in the face of failure and difficulty has been something that uh, really carries me through some of those difficult times that I'm not sure I, I would get through other otherwise. I mean, do you guys have anything else about what the resurrection means to you and, and how you deal with these kind of uh, f- failures or mistakes? For me, I, the resurrection gives me hope. Wow. Like it makes me know that my failure is not the end. Mm. Like that's not the end of the story. There's always something more. I, I think in the field of I've been in school for ten years now. Oh, that's a long and I'm time. still young, but that's it's fun. But but being in that environment where you always have to prove yourself, even when no one is really evaluating you, I'm always having to evaluate myself, and I'm very much conscious of my failures and and my my uprisings. Every dynamics of my life, I'm aware of it. So in those times, like it tends to put a question on my wholeness. Like, am I complete? I need to achieve something. But when we see that resurrection, like Christ has paid it all. Mm. So my, my failure and my, my successes, they shouldn't define me. Like I'm complete. I'm mm. complete in who I am and everything, my disappointment also build up to make me that person that God wants me to be. Wow. It's part of the story. The wow. repentance is part of the story. In order to have forgiveness, there must be something you should be forgiven of. And when you receive that forgiveness, you appreciate you, you appreciate the journey the more. So that gen- wow. resurrection actually gives me a sense of hope. That's yeah. really deep. I like that. Well, to me, resurrection gives you access to truth and grace. True. Like, um, I would permit me to quickly quote from the word of God, which says in John 1, 4, 14, that the word became flesh. He dwelt amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son of the father in whom is the fullness of grace and truth. Mm. So I come to the resurrected Christ and I see truth in a deeper level and on a broader scale. Okay. Like, I see it beyond just the immediate thing I'm studying, like chemistry or <laughs> uh, your art or your music. You see it on a deeper level, who you really are, as Anthony said, your identity and your purpose, just beyond what you're immediately studying. So as Emeka said right now, failures and successes they are just a layer of it. You see yourself 
in a bigger picture, connected mm-hmm. with what God has been planning before right, and right. what he has ahead of you. Mm. So you see the instances where before the resurrection, Peter and the other disciples had a very shallow knowledge mm-hmm. of what was happening to them. They were fishermen. They saw just what they were doing as their definition of who they were. But after the resurrection, you could see the way Peter in this passage was connecting scriptures and Mm -hmm. seeing themselves in the bigger Bigger picture picture. of what God has planned for them. So you cannot just see yourself on the tiny layer of what you're studying in school. Mm. God helps you see deeper truths and takes you to a higher level of accomplishment that goes just beyond what you're studying. So even if failures come, if successes come, that doesn't define you. Because the resurrected Christ mm, gives nice. you truth and grace. True. Thank you very Thank you, much Samuel. for that. Wow. So we'd like to finish now with a song. Um, and maybe, Irene, would you start us off with this? Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name My hope is built on nothing less Then Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name Christ alone, cornerstone Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord of all Thank you guys for joining us and we want to say special thanks to BJU Radio and our engineer Bozzy. So we'll see you next time guys and God bless you. Amen.